everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited today. I have the world record holder of guest expert interviews on the Bacon Podcast with us today. You may know him. He's the man, the myth, the legend. Mr. Mark S.A. Smith, who is coming on for the 17th time. And on top of all of that, he's a world traveler now. He's, he's, it's like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiago with Mark S.A. Smith replacing Carmen Sandiago? So, Mark, A, how are you doing? And B, where the heck are you? Thank you, uh, Brian. It's an honor to be on the 17th time. I always enjoy our conversations. There's always something extraordinary that you yank out of me that I don't get from any other show. So I'm just delighted to be here. And yes, uh, with the insanity of COVID, I decided to hit the road and I've been traveling the United States going from place to place where there's the least lockdowns and those tend to be the national parks. And uh, so right now I'm actually talking to you from outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, of course, the Great Smoky Mountains. My mama lives in this area and she asked me, Mark, why do they call them the Great Smoky Mountains? Which is a really good question. Mm Mm-hmm. And my response is, Mama, nobody ever show up for the average Smoky Mountains. <laughs> Marketing 101. Me and my REM side says, don't go back to Knoxville. <laughs> Wait another year. But you wouldn't. You had to go now. I had to go now. Well, I graduated from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville in 1982. Yes, I'm that old. So wow. this is actually like coming home for me, except that all the bars and all the restaurants that I went to, with a couple of exceptions, are gone. I'm glad you could go down memory lane, but... Today we are here to talk business, my friend, and today we're going to talk about how to adjust your mindset to make your thinking more valuable. That's right. So, you said something very profound. You asked me a question about Mm -hmm. how to make your thinking more valuable. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the most valuable thing an entrepreneur can do for their business? I don't know. What is it? Think more valuable thoughts. Hmm. So let's get started. How do we do that? Well, this actually started with somebody who has a podcast called The One Question Podcast. And he said, how do you make money? And this started me on this quest to understand, well, how do people make money? And the way that I operate is I went back to the very beginning. Well, how have I gotten paid through my life? And how has that ascension happened? So I, over the years, make more and more and more money as I become more and more and more valuable to my clients. And uh, interestingly enough, he never followed up. He never interviewed me. But hey, you're getting the interview, Brian. <laughs> and the reality is that the, the, the value of our thought determines how you get rewarded or paid. What do you get paid for? Well, pay is a reward for delivering a desired outcome or a behavior to a third party. So the idea is how can we think more valuably so they're willing to pay us more for that outcome? Mm-hmm. Now, you might have heard this before. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Yeah. Yeah, well, the reality is smart doesn't always equate to value. And we're going to dig into that belief. And uh, we're going to help liberate you from that concept of smart creates value. Smart does create a certain level of value, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't create the ultimate level of value. Smart plus some other mindset hacks, which we're going to talk about today, 
are what really delivers extraordinary value. So the value of thought is actually trained and it's modulated or controlled by your mindset. So what we're going to do is increase your mindset quality. And unfortunately, most business leaders haven't had any mindset training other than perhaps reading a book on mindset, which reading a book is, is, is it was like looking at a Playboy magazine when you're a kid. It's not dating. It's not really doing, having a date. It's, it's just reading. So you need to have some help with that. And the way that we grow our value of thought is with experience and most importantly, coaching and mentorship. Now, I'm not here to sell you my mentorship or coaching programs. That's not why we're here. I just want you to understand that having somebody who has been down the path with your mindset is the most valuable and most rapid way of growing your value of thought. And one of the things I always say is every mentor needs a mentor. Every doctor needs a doctor. Every coach needs a coach. Right on. And there's so much value in getting somebody to look at things from a different perspective, especially when it comes to business. That's right. I actually have three mentor coaches that I work with, each in a different area of my life and business. And each of them force me to increase the value of my thought. So I'm with you on that. All right. So I've uh, uh, developed this model with Dr. David Gruder, who's a psychologist and, and uh, an, I, an expert in uh, in integrity, helping people create uh, profitability from integrity. And so this, this is a, a, a joint development uh, that we've done together. So I'll be sharing some of his insights uh, with us as well. But uh, the idea here is that uh, as we go through life, our capacity to think increases in value. So let's just kind of break this down. When we're, when we're born at birth, we just are, we, we be. Mm-hmm. And we're rewarded with food and attention and shelter simply because we exist. Now, this is obviously in a, a normal, healthy environment. Uh, and, and that's about 95% of us is li- we're grow up in that. So I hope we're okay. But now we may frustrate our parents, but we can do no wrong. So we're rewarded just because we are. And then as we grow, we move to the next level of thought skills, which is uh, behave rewarded with privileges for behaviors within the established family norm. So if you clean up your room, you get rewarded with dessert. If you eat your vegetables, you're rewarded with dessert. And if you don't behave, you might be sent to your room without dessert or without even food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's at this level where we're instilled with what's right and what's wrong, establishing boundaries of behavior. So behave is installed before we even question what behaving means. And we may be rewarded for some innovation within those norms, but if you go outside those norms, that would be innovation still. Nope, we don't like that. As we become more uh, cognizant and conscious, we, we become uh, formally educated and we're rewarded with grades and accolades for recall mm-hmm. that teachers determine what's important. So, so far, our three levels of thought is B, behave and recall. And uh, most of us get between 13 and 17 years plus of being taught your capacity to recall creates value. That's what we call smart. And if you can recall everything the teacher wants you to recall, you get A grades and you get awards and you're considered smart. And if you can't recall what the teacher wants you to recall, you get an F and you're considered a failure. 
And so we're very well ingrained with this idea that recall equals smart equals valuable. Now, a lot of people get stuck at this level. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're told, if you don't know, you can't do. And that's a lock on our capacity to create new value. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is the more educated people become, the more they get locked into this paradigm. doesn't mean that they have to stay there, but they tend to say, well, I just need another certification, or I, you know, I, I need to get my PhD, or something like that, because they feel that that will provide more value to the world. So part of the problem here is that uh, we're taught problem-solving techniques that use recall methods. And if you've ever innovated in school, what usually happens uh, you end up getting a free ride to the principal's office. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm sure you have done that. I sure have. When I, when I uh, rebelled against what the teacher was talking about, yep, young man, go to the principal's office. And the principal will say, you know, Mark, just shut up. <laughs> Mine was Mr. Stout saying, Basilico, you again. <laughs> and the reason was is because I sucked at recall. Mm. And I was an auditory learner and mm. everything was book learning and I sucked at it. So what did I do? Turn into a class clown, you know, play around. I couldn't pay attention, you know, it just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. And uh but it you know, I wasn't uh I wasn't an A student, let's put it that way. That's okay. <laughs> because you have innovated well beyond most A students. It also mm-hmm. explains why you're a musician, since mm-hmm. you're an auditory learner. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. All right, so that's the first three levels. Be, behave, recall. The next level up is um, follow orders. Our first job is usually to follow a checklist of instructions, and we get paid for completing those orders as issued. (laughs) No innovation allowed. And the value of following orders is essentially minimum wage. Mm -hmm. People who can follow orders and take care of those things will get paid minimum wage. And those kind of people end up in the military. They do. Yeah. And they get paid below minimum wage because the military takes care of their food, housing, health care, and pays for their training. Mm -hmm. So they may get even lower than uh, minimum wage. Now, ideally, you know, we we have to have people that follow orders. There's no doubt about that. But it's a temporary stop on our development path. So the next level up of thought is communicate. So as we learn to communicate and understand human variables, we can start to adapt our orders to the varying needs of our customer. So you talk to somebody, you find out what they need, then you select the order that you need to follow to make them satisfied. And the better the communication, the more options we have available to ourselves, although communication is really not well taught. So the more accurate, the more clear our communication, the better awards get. And, uh, and and this is a good step on our development of thought. Now, would this be a place where you start to get into some sort of management role? Not quite. We're, we're almost there because we need another set of skills, another set of thought patterns, mindset, before we can get to the level of manage. Okay. And that next set is persuade. So if we can learn how to help our customers decide or change their minds to solve their problems, that becomes valuable. Hmm. And this was one of the reasons why salespeople tend to be more highly paid than other people within the organization. Sales is valuable. The ability to persuade is valuable. Others in the organization are just communicating or following orders or using recall to solve problems. 
So persuasion is an essential skill for sales, marketing, management, yet it's rarely taught. Hmm. So becoming effective at persuasion substantially increases your rewards. And what makes sense there is, you know, in sales, you have the people that create the leads and mm -hmm. the people that close. Mm -hmm. Communicate, persuade. You got it. Score. That's exactly right. Sales tends to get paid more than marketing. So it's, it, you're starting to see how this value of thought ascends. So now if we take all these skills that we've taken care of so far, as, such as, as a behave, recall, follow orders, communicate, persuade, now we're ready for the level of direct or manage. Now direct is a little different than manage, but they're on the same level of thought and thought value. So we're going to combine all of those skills plus a little bit more problem solving and we're going to add a little bit of innovation. Along the way, the ability for us to innovate really stays fairly limited. But at the direct and managed level, we have the capacity to do a little more innovation. So this is where we, we end up most of the time. These seven layers that we've talked about, be, behave, recall, follow orders, communicate, persuade, direct, manage, are about where most people operate in their life at some level. Mm-hmm. And all of these that we've talked about so far have limited value. I can go out into the marketplace and I can identify what each of these mindsets or, or thought levels can get paid. There's a market for these. There's a value for each of these, and that's what you get paid to do. But that doesn't, isn't where it stops. All of the things we've talked about so far are things that business owners and, and executives will delegate or outsource. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, we, uh, we did the conversation about how to delegate without losing control. All of these things are on the list of what you delegate. And what that does is frees you up for the next much more valuable levels of thought, which become unlimited. The seven we've talked about have limited value. Now we're going to move into the unlimited value of thought, where literally the sky is the limit. You ready for that? I am. Fire away. All right. So the next level up is innovation. And this is expanding beyond the normal boundaries to develop new value, such as simplify, eliminate, automate. Those are innovations that improve the value of what we're doing. And so therefore increases the value. And so we can look at things such as basic research, applied research, market developments. These are some other areas where we can innovate and innovators are extremely well paid. They access more options. Yet here's a challenge. Innovation skills are rarely taught. Mm -hmm. They tend to be discovered as you who are a multi book published author, have innovated in your marketplace. And same for me, I've innovated in my marketplace going beyond what others have done before to create new value and more resourcefulness than before. This gets well paid. Yet the next level up creates even more value, which is perspectivize. Hmm. Perspectivize. Now this is a made up word. Thanks to Dr. David Gruder, which turns the word perspective into a verb. Because all the things we've talked about so far have been, have been uh, verbs, right? Behave, recall, innovate, <laughs> manage, direct. These are all verbs. Mm -hmm. The level of thought creates this action that generates value. 
So perspectivize is the verb version of perspective. So the ability to take context, which is multiple perspectives, the culture involved, the resources available, the history, the environment that we're working in, using all these different perspectives, and then offer new, more resourceful thought options has extraordinary value. Mm -hmm. And this is what most people consider to be wisdom. And it comes from experience and an open mindset and an ability to not have to be right. And that's the hardest part about it is, you know, when you get to innovation and perspectivize, you have to be willing to take chances and you also have to be willing to be wrong. That's right. And learn from those mistakes. I mean, it's the Thomas Edison 1000 light bulb tries kind of thing. That's it. Thomas Edison, there's always a better way. Thomas Edison really created the concept of innovation mm -hmm. and he was a professional innovator. And he operated from the perspectivized vision to create innovation. But actually, Edison operated at the next level up, which we're going to get to in just a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the point I want to make is that if you're stuck at the recall level, where you believe your value is because you're right, and you get graded with an A for being right, then it's very difficult for you to innovate and perspectivize. You have to let go with the, your desire and your need to be correct. You cannot innovate Without curiosity, you cannot have curiosity when you have to be correct. So you have to de-id yourself? Yeah, or de-ego even. Mm. You have to be okay with not being right. You have to be okay with exploring, mm -hmm. which has been my entire <laughs> season since COVID launched is exploration. Uh, you know, every, every month it's a different place. It's a different grocery store. It's a different gas station. It's a, it's a different place, different way to flush the toilet. It's just the crazy, I put myself into this environment mm -hmm. where everything is new. I don't know anything. And then once I get used to it, I change it all. It's <laughs> wow. I bet. And, and the other thing, too, that I think is real important here is, you know, you getting out into the world, changing everything about your environment has given you this kind of newfound way of looking at things. And sometimes that's what we've got to do is we have to get out of our bubble. And I think that's really key. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. Um, I've, I've uh, visited 25 uh, national parks uh, in, in the past uh, nine months. Hmm and 12 state parks, some of which are extraordinary. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Southern Utah where we have the extraordinary geology of the, well, Grand Canyon is in, in Northern Arizona, but Bryce Canyon and Zion and Arches and uh, Canyonlands and so, so many extraordinary places where you look out from um, in Canyonlands and 1.4 billion years of construction. And you, you, know, you look at that and your, your head cannot imagine it, but your heart just sings looking at this. And that reset of my head not knowing what I'm looking at, not even able to ex explain what I'm looking at, and knowing that this is going to be pretty much the same a million years from now is, is just a mind blower. So that perspective has really changed how I, how I think about things and how I interact, without a doubt. So you got it. Yeah, you got to get out of your bubble, my friend. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the personification of perspectivizing things. It is. So here's here's an interesting perspective that I took away. Is you know when I'm taking a look at the 1.4 billion years of creation, um, I'm getting a glimpse at eternity. Boy, that that'll change you. Right. Mm -hmm. The next level up is envision. This is imagining what does not yet 
exist. It goes beyond perspective and innovation to create entire new opportunities and options. This is the level that Steve Jobs operated at when he invented the iPod and the iPhone and the iPad. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking about uh, the MacBook. Uh, and the reason why is because those are innovations. They, they, they're, they're better PCs is one of the ways to look at that. But the iPod and the iPad, and those are all new. And Elon Musk operates at this level, as did Edison and Nikola Tesla. And Bezos. Bezos, absolutely, yeah. Oh, I heard a great story about Bezos this morning. When they started off, uh, they were in a, they were operating out of a garage. And mm-hmm. Bezos and his, and his, his partner, who the story comes from, uh, were packing boxes on the floor in the garage. And the partner says. I think we should get some knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bezos says, no, we're going to grow really quickly. I think we need to get some conveyor belts. <laughs> <laughs> That's envision, right? <laughs> right. Well, and, and you know, when you get to that level, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think about, you know, it's not just the device you know everybody thinks the iphone and the ipad and the and the ipod were so cool but it was the way that it took the music industry Mm -hmm. and turned it on its edge absolutely and you know we went from being a music consumer to now everything is streaming and bands Mm -hmm. no longer are doing what they used to do they're making their money on tour again they're not making their money from record sales Mm -hmm. and you know, uh, Bezos is basically reinventing, you know, shopping online. And, you know, it, a lot of people get mad at innovation because it's disruptive, which is one of your favorite words. Indeed. But if you embrace disruption, if you embrace this kind of innovation, you learn to ride the coattails. That's right. You know, and that's what we have to do as innovators. That's right. Well, if you're if you're bugged by innovation, it means you're operating at those lower levels mm-hmm. of value of thought that we've talked about, those those lower seven levels. It's the that's not how we do things mentality. The moment you got there, you're on your way out. Mm-hmm. Your value is completely constricted and limited that, at that level. Right. And, and yes, envision is the highest function with the highest value. Unfortunately, envisioning skills are rarely taught. And they involve reaching into the non-physical, accessing that, uh, that, that inner power that you have uh, to, to find answers that have never been asked or answered before. And uh, it, interestingly, uh, in uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast, which I know that you listen to, I certainly do, he frequently asks his very powerful, very innovative, very envisioning guests, uh, do you have a meditation practice? And invariably they say, yes, they have some time when they get quiet and they go inside and they tap into their inner strength, their inner wisdom. And that is a hallmark of somebody who is envisioning Mm -hmm. is that time and space to be quiet and to get in touch with the power within you to, to access new things, new ideas, new thoughts. It's how Thomas Edison did it. It's, it's how, um, Nikola Tesla did it, and uh, Steve Jobs had a had a uh, meditation practice that is well known. He was he was he did a lot of different things. So one of the things I wanted to bring up in in my last podcast, I talked about the five things or habits that you need to create, and two of them were 
the envisioning side of things for meditation. Ah, One of them was basically meditating on your perfect customer and how they've changed and what their emotional state is and what their triggers are and getting to understand where their minds are at. It's getting inside of the head of the people that you work with and help them solve their problems. The other one that I think is important is meditating on a word for the year. Mine this year is signify. Mm. And signify stands for basically being the shining light or beacon or bequeathing. You know, the bottom line is, is pull in knowledge and, and be a beacon for the rest of the world, whether it's through services, through service, through, you know, this podcast. It's how do I become a beacon to people? And that's what that word means. And then basically mentalizing that every single day, once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is, and see how you can take that and use it to grow your business. Beautiful. So you're moving from bacon to beacon. Yes. It's true. <laughs> Change the love E it. to an E. Ah, mm-hmm. you're, you're always frying up fresh ideas, my friend. Exactly. Fresh light. <laughs> Nothing like me. you to add a little sizzle to it. You count on it, man. You can count on that. That's why you invited me back 17 times. Exactly. So this is awesome stuff. So what do we do with it now? All right. So a couple of ways to use this. Number one is identify where your level of thought is. If you're having a struggle, if you're really struggling with trying to get your grounding, it's probably because you're still operating at the recall level and you know, you, you feel like you have to know before you can do. And that's only true in school. But once you say, you know, I can figure it out as I go, I don't have to be right. I just have to be directionally right. I have to be headed in the right direction and I'll figure it out as I go. Leaders are blazing new trails, going where people have never been before, and and there's going to be some dirt, and there's going to be some mistakes, and you just dial that into your cost of doing business. So if you're stuck, identify where you are in the level of thought. That's the first thing. Second, hire people for the correct value of thought. If all you need for people to do is follow a checklist, hire people that are operating at that level. It's okay. It's just where they are in their progression as a human. And don't hire above that level because they'll want to innovate and that'll screw stuff up. And in the same level, make sure that if you want to have somebody who can persuade, hire somebody who has persuasion skills, but don't necessarily hire that person into direct and manage, which is a common problem. Now you're pretty good at convincing people. Why don't we have you run the company? Well, they don't have the skills yet to manage. So each of these levels up requires a different level of thought, different level of mindset, different level of skill set. Don't make the mistake of promoting somebody because they have potential. You have to promote them because they have, they have the capacity really important. And then the third thing is that as the leader of the organization spend 70, 80% of your time in these top three levels of innovation, perspectivize, and envision, because that is your true value for the company and delegate everything else to the other levels for those people who are in the process of growing their mindset, of growing their value of thought. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to do this, then take on the skills, take on the mentorship, take on the training to learn how to innovate, to learn how to perspectivize, to learn how to envision. And if you need help, either one of us can give you some direction. 
uh, we're, you know, that's what we do for a living is help people at that perspective level and higher. Mm -hmm. And um, make sure that you, you, you choose somebody whose history is your future. When you do choose somebody to help you, guide you on this path. The best, the best people are guides. I love that. And so this year I've kind of laid out a plan. And the plan is to talk about four different buckets. Mm -hmm. One bucket is social selling. What does that mean? Yes. Okay. And that is the art of awareness, persuasion. The other one is relationship marketing. How do you use relationships to develop your business? Mm -hmm. and, and the marketing is, you know, getting in front of those people. The next one is mindset. And this is right down that alley. And the other one, which you touched on, is training. Mm -hmm. And I think that the key thing with all of this, and I think that, you know, once you hit that upper level, once you get beyond the management side, mm -hmm. self-education, mm -hmm. self-training mm -hmm. is so important. And you have to be in control of that. And, and listening to podcasts, listening to people like you, getting outside of that box, doing the kind of things to look back to billions of years of creation and understanding what that means in the scope of tomorrow is huge. So this has been just outstanding really great stuff mark always a delight to share with you my friend for a number of reasons number of which is you're so appreciative <laughs> you also can you embroider on my tapestry which is an honor to to have you do that and expand my level of thought and i think that your audience can really benefit from our conversations which is part of your beacon and i'm delighted to be part of the sizzle in your beacon so thank you for that mm. <laughs> well, Mark, if people wanted to learn more about you or get a hold of you in your nomadic state, how do they do that? Well, two ways. Number one is connect with me on LinkedIn. You can go to marksonlinkedin.com, M-A-R-K-S-O-N, linkedin.com, and that'll take you directly to my profile. Mm -hmm. Second thing is if you'd like to talk with me about programs that I have, about leveling up your skills, uh, leveling up your mindset, um, looking at some interesting things for 2021, um, reach out to me and let's have a conversation. Mark.smith, M-A-R-K.S-M-I-T-H at Bijaco, B-I-J-A-C-O.com. And uh, of course, listen to this podcast again. You're going to hear it a different way from the beginning. Agreed. Yeah, this is definitely a double listener. Well, Mark, as usual, you have come on and wowed me. You always do. And you dropped some incredible sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs of my peeps <laughs> and i so look forward to episode number 18 19 20 and 21 because uh, <laughs> i guarantee you they're gonna happen in 2021 so man be good be safe and thanks again for coming on and sharing your knowledge with my peeps always an honor thank you my friend well that's it for today's bacon podcast we hope you enjoyed it and learned something today if you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.